Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 1st of October and you are listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week, relationships blossom between nuclear power plants and Bitcoin mining. Two big name Ethereum pools are shutting their doors in China. And to finish, Europe is now the new crypto powerhouse as it overtakes China in generating on-chain transactions. But first... We started the week with Binance claiming to have no exchange business in China, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. As relayed by Chinese journalist Colin Wu, Binance made the statement to Blockchain Daily after Beijing's criminalisation of all crypto transactions in the country. China's drastic clampdown is this year's most severe step. It's part of the government's war on digital currencies under the guise of environmental protection. Beijing has already banned companies and banks from providing crypto-related services, while Binance says it's now blocked new registrations using Chinese mobile numbers. It's also restricted netizens from downloading its app. The world's top crypto exchange also claimed that Chinese users have been banned from its platform since 2017. One Binance spokesperson told Markets Insider that, quote, Binance does not currently hold exchange operations in China, end quote. They added, quote, Binance takes its compliance obligations very seriously and is committed to following local regulator requirements wherever we operate, end quote. While Binance does not formally operate crypto exchanges in China, they are clearly offering services to local crypto traders. As it goes, just last month, Coindesk reported that Binance users in China were still confident about the safety of their funds despite the increased crackdown on crypto-related activity in the region. Coindesk reported that since Binance originated from China, they've used their routes to provide one of the best and most comfortable user experiences for Chinese traders and investors. And in November 2020, China-based traders moved nearly 19,000 Bitcoin, worth close to $300 million, from Huobi to Binance. This was in response to the apparent disappearance of Huobi Chief Operating Officer Robin June. More evidence that suggests Binance claims are nothing more than a PR spin comes courtesy of an investigation conducted by Chinese state media outlet CCTV. Last June, a CCTV reporter claimed that they had set up an account with BinanceCheck.com the company's Chinese platform, and bought some Bitcoin. This was said to have been done via the usual Binance channels and involved the uploading of all necessary documents and face verification using the Binance app. CCTV's correspondent then moved Fiat from the platform to a counterparty with a third-party payment tool. They said that Binance greenlit every step of the way. Next up, Bitcoin mining firms are apparently buddying up to nuclear power plants with a surplus of energy. The Wall Street Journal reported that nuclear power plants that are struggling to keep up with competitors are beginning to supply Bitcoin mining operations in need of cheaper electricity. Climate-focused crypto critics may also be happy as miners zero in on the need to keep energy sources as clean as possible. In the US, nuclear power stations are producing more electricity than they can sell. Competition in wholesale energy markets is typically lost out to providers of natural gas and wind power. And so... Talon Energy has teamed up with Bitcoin mining startup TerraWolf in a new nuclear venture. The two companies recently broke ground on a 189-megawatt nuclear-powered Bitcoin mining facility in Pennsylvania. 
A nuclear fission plant adjacent to the site will power Terra Wolf's operation, which is roughly the size of four football fields. It's becoming more frequent for new nuclear projects to launch with Bitcoin mining in mind. Reactor firm Oclo, for example, signed a two-decade agreement with Compass Mining to supply energy from a soon-to-be-built small-scale nuclear power plant. In just over a decade, Bitcoin mining has evolved into an industrial operation. Powerful computers are crunching numbers across the globe to validate transactions on the blockchain and receive a BTC reward. In 2009, a simple home PC could mine a block and produce a 50 Bitcoin reward worth over $2 million in today's money. However, since then, the value of Bitcoin has increased. So too has the competition for the approximately 2 million Bitcoin yet to be minted. Bitcoin mining operations now are really only profitable in certain situations, those situations being large operations with access to cheap energy. In any case, power plant operators are increasingly looking to crypto in order to break even. One coal power station in St. Louis is using any energy that it's unable to sell for its own crypto mining operation. Ars Technica reported that a 55-year-old plant had generated about $800,000 in cryptocurrency since April. Thursday now, and we reported on the closure of two of the world's largest Ethereum mining pools, Spark Pool and Beepool, all in response to China's ongoing clampdown of cryptocurrency miners. Beepool, which was ranked fourth on the Ether Mining leaderboard, announced the news that the China-based company intends to close up shop by mid-October. A pop-up on the Beepool homepage relayed a similar message. Quote, Dear users, according to the latest regulations, Beepool is implementing the following measures for an orderly exit. Thanks for your consistent support on Beepool over the past four years. Goodbye. End quote. Sparkpool, the second largest Ethereum mining pool, posted a similar note. The Hangzhou-based company is suspending all of its services by Thursday, September 30th. Sparkpool has advised participants to claim their Ether reward balance by October 15. Since the Bpool and Sparkpool announcements, Ethereum's hash rate has dropped by up to 5% according to YCharts, but it has since rebounded slightly. Mining pools allow smaller operations or individuals to join forces with others around the world. Combining computer power with other Ethereum miners means that smaller rigs can compete with larger data centres. As a result, each contributor takes a cut of rewards acquired through validating transactions. The latest moves by Bpool and Sparkpool follow the People's Bank of China's notice last Friday, where they reiterated the illegality of all cryptocurrency-related activity. China then proceeded to ban overseas crypto enterprises from servicing Chinese nationals. In fact, 10 Chinese authorities, including the People's Bank of China and the Central Cyberspace Administration of China, will form a, quote, coordination mechanism to root out all illegal crypto operations. Crypto exchanges quickly pivoted to avoid a fight with the law, with Huobi and OKCoin OK suspending Chinese customers. Or, if you're Binance, you could just pretend that you haven't serviced netizens since 2017. <clears throat> Chinese crypto proponents can expect enforcements now at the local level, as well as strengthened surveillance and monitoring. In particular, the central government said it would establish a multi-level crypto speculation and risk prevention disposal system to get rid of offending websites and apps. But smaller operations of 100 miners or less were reportedly managing to fly under the radar. However, this didn't last long and the government threatened the region with internet blackouts to root out illicit operations. 
as of Thursday. Tech companies in the northern region of Hebei must certify that they aren't running any illegal mining rigs. Meanwhile, the People's Bank has been testing a digital yuan in preparation for a February 2022 launch. So it's likely this crackdown on decentralised entities is Beijing's plan to push the public towards a central bank digital currency. And to round off the week, Europe has bested East Asia to become the world's largest crypto economy, now generating 25% of all on-chain transaction volume. That's according to blockchain analytics unit Chainalysis, which estimated Europe's central, northern and western regions have received a remarkable $1 trillion in cryptocurrency value over the course of last year. Eastern Europe was especially active in the second half of 2020, with a notable spike starting in July. The region also sent at least 25% of the cryptocurrency value received by the rest of the world. North America is its primary recipient, welcoming 34% of all cryptocurrencies sent from Eastern Europe. Large transaction volumes are the top contributor to any strengthening crypto economy. Transactions valued at $10 million and above were the majority of Europe's activity during the past year. Europe's monthly crypto growth was also remarkable from $1.4 billion in July 2020 to $46.3 billion in June 2021. That's an increase of over 3,200%, with the majority of these transactions going to decentralized finance platforms. According to an August Chainalysis report, North America and Western Europe accounted for the majority of interest in DeFi's, which rose throughout June 2020, a time now colloquially referred to as DeFi Summer. During 2020's fourth quarter, Europe's crypto transfers into DeFi applications began to swiftly overtake other forms of transactions. By the second quarter of 2021, transfers of more than $10 million accounted for 60% of all DeFi-related transactions globally. Out of all these global transactions, reports have put that illicit activity in crypto hasn't exceeded 1% of global on-chain transactions. Most of that illegal activity in crypto involves outright scams. Proponents of DeFi claim that decentralization manages to support legitimate financial activity while rewarding depositors with above-market yield as compensation for providing liquidity to leverage crypto markets. They are put off by the punishingly low yields offered by mainstream financial institutions, which are often negative after accounting for inflation, and so point to DeFi as a promising alternative. DeFi could assist people who rely on remittances by providing peer-to-peer -peer payment services with a simple wallet app. It can reduce fees, speed up transactions and eliminate the need for third parties. But it's not exactly the most secure solution out there. In reality, DeFi code is rarely audited and is exceedingly complex and multi-million dollar hacks and other financial crimes occur practically every week. This week, Compound lost $15 million, while billionaire Mark Cuban got caught in a DeFi rug pull earlier this year. DeFi proponents also neglect to acknowledge that the vast majority of crypto transactions occur off-chain and are therefore impossible to analyse. This renders the famous illicit sub-1% statistic less relevant. Chainalysis is able to access just $4 trillion worth of annual on-chain transactions. Binance, like nearly every other centralized crypto exchange, does not publish trustworthy information about transactions. For context, Binance reports yearly transactions exceeding $23 million when annualizing current volumes over an entire year. And that's just one among hundreds of exchanges.
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can cover in just one episode. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then check out protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then. <laughs>